Hulk Recorded live. Hello and welcome to Strange Talk with Doc. This is your host, Doc. Listen, I hope you're having a great day. The weather here is beautiful. I hope it's beautiful, sunny, and all things are going well with you and yours. That this show finds you in good health, good spirits, mind, body, and soul. I'm here every Monday and Friday at 724-444-7444. Caller ID number is 145048. Monday and Friday, 12 noon, Eastern Standard Time. You can also find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Speaker, Podcast.com, and Vimo. Uh, Like I like to say before I start every show... This is not a sports show. It's not a news show. It's not a politics show. It's not a show about entertainment or opening your third eye. I'm not going to lecture or preach to you about anything. I'm just going to give you Doc's maybe sometimes strange view on subjects that are going on in the world that interest me, and I hope that they fall in line with interest of yours. So it will be various subjects, and I will touch on them. And so let's just start. This weekend, we have a UFC card. Portier is fighting Dustin Gagey. Carlos Condit is fighting the cowboy Alex Oliveira. The uh, karate hottie Michelle Waterson is fighting Courtney Casey. And Tim Boach is fighting Antonio Carlos Jr. This is a free UFC card Saturday night. I'm not going to spend much time on it. Uh, Portier and Gangy should be fireworks. Neither one of these guys are slow starters. they not too much on filling out. They're about inflicting as much damage in as short a period of time. So I expect fireworks. I expect that to be a very good fight. Cowboy uh, Oliveira and Carlos Condit, I don't really know what Carlos has left in the tank, but this is also a, a fight that I'm interested in. I only brought up the fights that I'm actually interested on the card. There are fights on this card that might turn out when I come back to you Monday. They might turn out spectacular, but I just don't really know the combatants too much. Michelle Borderson, the karate hottie, seems to be more hype right now than actual, you know, she's more sizzled than steak. And, you know, and Courtney Casey, I have no clue who this young lady is. But usually because women don't mess around when they fight, I always am interested in UFC women fights. Nothing to do with what the women look like. It's the style of fighting. It's the lack of feeling out process which makes it interesting. They don't usually waste three of the 15 minutes trying to figure out. They usually go about their game plan, and they bring the violence, they bring the ruckus, they bring the noise, and I appreciate I appreciate the women. I appreciate Dana taking the chance years ago with Rhonda. And where it evolved from there to here is a beautiful thing. Tim Bosch, he's a knockout dude. Antonio Carlos Jr., if I'm not mistaken, I remember him from 
the ultimate fight. It might have been like Latin America versus somebody else. And I really am not a big fan. I don't know if it's his face, if it's his style, but he seems to be winning. So, as usual, I'm just expecting a good fight. I don't like to waste my time on a UFC card if it's bad, but I always seem to watch him. I am a loyal UFC fan. Now, really, before I go much deeper, I want to talk about um, Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick is back in the news this week because the Seattle Seahawks offered him a tryout, and it seemed like they rescinded on the offer. They pulled it back and told him, we'll deal with you another time because they wanted uh, Colin to give them a concrete answer. Will he or will he not protest by kneeling if they did sign him and brought him on the roster? I think it's time for Colin to really speak up. Let your views be known. The silent thing, just raising a fist and wearing a fucking afro does not say or do anything. It's almost like a baby crying. We have to figure out what the problem is. Are you too cold? Do you need a pacifier? Do you need a bottle? Do you need to be fed? Do you want me to hold you? We don't. I'm tired of playing the mystery game with Colin Kaepernick. I think the NFL is fucking with him, but it seems like every time that he gets close to being in a position to get any kind of job with the NFL, he also puts a monkey wrench in it. I think Colin wants to be that martyr, and he's doing whatever he can to be that martyr. Now, he has this collusion thing going on in courts, and it seems like there's a chance that he could probably actually win financially, but I don't expect him to ever be on an NFL field again because I just don't see the team that wants to take the chance on him bringing more negative press towards the team than positive press because he's not being signed by any of 32 teams to be their starting quarterback. And he's only being brought in to be a backup. He has not played in the NFL since 2016. This will be the 2018 season. So that's a solid year plus training camp that he has not taken any snaps, that he has not taken any hits, that he has not thrown a ball on an NFL field to NFL receivers with an NFL defense coming at him. So he's almost a mystery. So, you know, I wish Colin the best of luck, but I would really prefer it's almost going on two years, and physically we have not heard his voice. It's not like the issues in the world have changed so greatly. The same social injustices are still going on, but don't just be a head that stands on a statue. Be a voice. Give a voice to your fight. People would love to just hear even if you have evolved from your original viewpoints to the point that you are today, you know, uh, we would just like to hear it. It would be a beautiful thing. Now, I wasn't going to really talk about this guy, but I have to bring him up. Uh, Bennett. Hold on. Now, I'm, I'm sitting here confusing the shit out of myself. Marcellus Bennett, not Michael Bennett. Marcellus Bennett comes out like two days ago, and says 89% of all the NFL players use marijuana. Now, I have no 
qualms with a lot of the quotes that he made that marijuana is probably better for you for physical pain than opiates. I, I'm not going to be stupid enough to sit here and say that I believe that opiates are better than anything. Opiates are like a demon right now in this world. It's, it's destroying the fabric of our youth. It is taking uh, older people who have never been in trouble before in life, who needed an operation, can't deal with the pain, and causing them to be now addicts. People are getting jail time. They're losing their homes. Opiates are evil. I understand that they have a place for pain. So I have no issue whatsoever with him saying if an alternative is marijuana and if the, the law allows it or medical marijuana is allowed, I'm 100% behind that. But I don't think that he had the right to throw the other NFL players who now have to be drug tested, scrutinized, because of his statement. And it's easy to make these statements when you walk away from the league. Now, if he was still an NFL player on NFL roster and he said the same statement and he was subjecting himself also to tests and scrutiny, then I would say, you know what, that's ballsy. But to do it when you're no longer under the watchful eye of the NFL and their doping policies where you can't be suspended, where you can't be financially hurt, and now to say that you're basically saying eight out of every ten guys smokes weed when you know that for the most part it's an illegal activity in the NFL, I think that's kind of rough. And you know what? You don't really put other people's mouth, uh, names in your mouth. Let them speak for themselves. You speak for yourself. The Bennett brothers seem to know how to speak and hold their own without involving others. And this is a time where I felt that he shouldn't have involved other people. Now, like I said, I don't never mean to preach to anybody, but I just want to say something. You take it any way that you like. Always chase your dreams. That's the motif of this show. Chase your dreams. I don't know what they are. If it's going back to school and getting that extra degree, if it's building up that business, if it's uh, rebuilding a relationship that was broke that you thought was beyond compare, if that's a part of your dream, then chase it. If that means getting in the best shape that you physically have ever been in in your life, do it. Don't let anybody deter you from chasing your dream. You want to paint your Mona Lisa? Paint your Mona Lisa. If you want to start a podcast, then start a podcast. Support is not what's going to make you successful. You support yourself, you, you plan, you execute, you promote, you believe, you have faith, you trust your process. If you make errors, you fix them and you move on. And I say that to congratulate Andre Ingram, a 32-year-old rookie for the Los Angeles Lakers, who in his NBA debut hits four three-pointers off the bench, scores 19 points. I am sure Andre Ingram many times over the years was told, stop it, bro, leave it alone, it's over, you're never going to make it. The dude put on an NBA uniform and was on everybody's lips Thursday morning or Wednesday morning, and then he played another game after. Now, we don't know what the future holds, but 
You can't take that moment away. That's a moment that is captured not just for him. That's a moment he gets to pass down to further generations that if you believe and if you keep working at something, no matter how many people tell you no, how many doors get closed on you, that you can go on and do whatever it is that you want to do. And the biggest roadblock that you'll ever meet in this life is called yourself. Don't ever let the inner you be your enemy. It's quite simple. The inner you cannot be your enemy. It's got to be your number one fan. You've got to be your own number one fan. And that's just being real, and that's reality, and that's life. You know, once again, this is Doc, a Strange Talk with Doc. And I can be reached at 724-444-7444. Caller ID is 145-048. I go live every Monday and every Friday at 12 noon. You can call in. We can chop it up together. We could talk about whatever it is that you like to talk about. I usually have a motif that I like to stick to, but I will veer off subject if you have something that you want to correct me on, something that I talked about that you listened to and said, you know what, i like to go deeper into that, something you want to educate me on, or something that you want to say, hey, I'm glad you talked about that. I am more than interested to always hear from anybody. And now you could, like I said, you could listen to old shows on YouTube, Vimo, SoundCloud, Speaker, iTunes, and Podcast.com. I keep my sites up to date. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. I don't do much with my Facebook other than to promote the show, but I can be reached. I can be asked questions, suggestions. If you have a product or an event you want to promote, you want to come on, and you don't want to just post a stupid meme to do it, but you would like your people to hear you uh, verbally explain what you're doing, Maybe this is the venue for you. We can help each other, okay? Well, the NBA playoffs start Saturday. They're this Saturday and this Sunday. This NBA season is finally over, people. Now it's for all the it's for all the marbles. And I'm going to go through each and every series, but I'm going to briefly pick them without boring you to death. So the Thunder play the Jazz. The Jazz... Is a good young team, but they seem to be led by a rookie, Donovan Mitchell. He's outstanding. I think he's awesome. But I do not see George Westbrook and Carmelo, even as a third wing, losing to the Utah Jazz in the series. So I'm picking the Thunder to actually win the series. Uh, we got the Trailblazers then playing the Pelicans. I love Dame and McCollum. And for that reason, I'm actually picking them over the brow and uh, Rondo. So I'm going with uh, the Trailblazers in this series also. We got the Warriors versus my Spurs. I've heard the rumors like everybody else. I don't buy into them that Kawhi will magically appear tomorrow at 3 o'clock to play with San Antonio. I'm picking the Warriors because the Warriors have more firepower than the Spurs. 
Rudy Gay, I don't know if Rudy Gay over the course of five or six games could be 19, 21-point Rudy Gay, which we would need. We also would need Danny Green to be hot, especially when you're going up against Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, they got Eagle Dow off the bench, and you got Kevin Durant. So I'm going to go with the hands-on favorite in this series, and it hurts my heart to do it, but I would have to say the Golden State Warriors beat the Spurs. I'm hoping the Spurs just play competitively and do not get swept, at least win one, maybe two games. Put a little pressure on Golden State. Make them sweat. That would be a beautiful thing. We got the Rockets versus the Timberwolves. I think the Rockets beat the Timberwolves, and they beat the Timberwolves handily. I'm not. Cat is an awesome player. I am not the biggest fan of Butler, but Butler's all right. And they have Wiggins. So entertaining this should be. This might be one of the highest scoring uh, battles in the playoffs, especially out west. But I, I see the Rockets actually sweeping them. Four zip, easy series, no sweat. We got the Raptors and the Wizards. It's time for the North, the Wizards, I mean the Raptors, I'm sorry, to prove that they are truly the number one seed and put their foot thoroughly in Washington's ass. Wall is just returning. Bradley Beal is an awesome player. Otto Port is good. But if the Raptors want to show that they're for real and they're trying to make the finals of the NBA East this year, and not just the Eastern Conference Finals, but the finals, they must demolish Washington. And I'm talking about beating Washington four games to one, get this series over with, get some rest, chill out, relax, before they have to face anybody else. The Celtics versus the Bucks. I'm going with the Celtics. I think the Celtics are a much more well-rounded team than the Bucks who basically is the Greek freak show, crazy athletic ability, hell of a young ball player, but I am going with the Celtics. Now, you got the 76ers versus the Heat. The Heat is a good story. The Heat should get swept. I, I Simmons, uh, Folk seems to be coming around, and um, Embiid, he's got his... Uh, Dark man mass. I don't see those three young boys having much of any problem with the heat blowout bill. Now we got King James and the Cavaliers. They're playing the paces. Um, Oladipo has proven that he is an NBA top-notch player. Lance Stevens is going to add the shenanigans. I hope he doesn't add too many shenanigans. But Cleveland should win this series and win this series fairly easy, especially since Love is back to playing ball. And if JR shows up, this should be lights out, easy. Cleveland moves on. Now, as we know, Mr. Zuckerberg spent time with the Senate this week about Facebook account might be related to Russian intelligence. I used to use Facebook a lot more than I do, like most people. Well, I guess a lot of people still use Facebook as their way of passing on. I'm here, I'm there, I'm everywhere. This is what's going on in my life. I don't use it for that. I've totally taken myself out of that loop. 
If I have a thought, that's why I have a podcast. I no longer post anything that's not Strange Talk with Doc related to my Facebook. My personal life is out of there. There's no pictures. And the reason is, and it was troubling, I listened to some of this testimony. The fact that they gather so much data on people, even people who have nothing at all to do with Facebook, troubles the hell out of me. And when you delete your Facebook, it doesn't delete all those comments you made. Say you shared videos. If you played games. For the last year, I have been struggling daily to go to what they say, on this day you did. We all know that button. On this day, I go through there daily to erase my footprint. Because this way, when I delete the account totally, I don't want to have to trust that photos that I might have left are still there. Comments that I made are still there. I'm sure that if it went to somebody else's page and they like it, it links there. But I want the footprint of my Facebook to be a dead space. When I get to the point where I click and it says, yesterday you had nothing, and when I see the only thing that I have left is show-related stuff, I'm going to go to just building up my own website. Matter of fact, if somebody was out there that's listening to me who could help me build up a Strange Talk with Doc website, I would love to go back and forth with you with emails, and then you could um, help me. I'll pay whatever needs to be paid, and we can move on from there. But I do not recommend using Facebook, putting credit card information. It's very troubling the amount of information, and then because Zuckerberg was not under oath, he didn't have to actually dive in gut level with information to these senators because he could always say, I'll get back to you. At least he didn't plead the fifth, but there was a lot of times that he said stuff that made me cringe, especially when it came to personal information. And when you think about these apps, they ask for permission, and a lot of times people who use Facebook are not even really that computer savvy, so they don't, they don't, they just, because they want the app, they go, yes, 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 because there's some apps that won't let you use them unless you allow certain things. Oh, we want to post for you. We want to like for you. We would like uh, access to your contact. Why do you need, if I'm playing a stupid game, why do you need to know who my contacts are? Or why do I need you to know, to be able to go into my personal photos? I mean, so you have to be very careful. And if you're not, if you're not well-versed on what's going on in uh, technology, internet-wise, then you need to be either YouTubing videos or getting with a friend to make sure that you have everything that can be clicked off that allows personal information to be um, disseminated, shut off. And there's ways to do it. You just have to go through hoops, and you need to know the hoops. It's not just enough to use a, a platform. You have to know what that platform is disseminating to the world. So that's very important. So I say, please, get on that. And don't wait. You hear me say this? You're not on it? then you're already late because stuff that you might not want out there is out there. And I'm not talking about to the people you thought you were just giving it to. I'm talking about 
So you don't want your boss to know certain things. But if you leave certain things unclicked on your Facebook, they can come check. Have you ever, I don't know, maybe you're more intelligent than I. I'm not giving you credit for it, and I apologize to you directly. Have you ever looked at your Facebook account as public, just a public view to see what Joe Blow, who's not a friend of yours, can see and can't see? Just a thought, just a thought. Okay, well, today, my friends, is Friday the 13th. You know what that means. It's the superstitious day of the year. And being a superstition day, and being a society that loves superstitions, I just wanted to go through a couple real quick, right? And most of them, to me, make no sense. It just doesn't. Friday the 13th holds no weight whatsoever. I just want to state that unequivocally. It holds no weight whatsoever with me. Now, one I never understood, don't walk under a ladder. Well, unless you're about... Um, the size of the average uh, toddler, most ladders you can't walk under because if it's an eight-foot ladder, those two arms are going to be about at three feet or four feet height. So you can't walk under it unless, like I said, you're the size of a toddler. Now, I know we're talking big, huge ladders also, but that's semantics. I'm, I'm playing games here. So... I think that, for the most part, that's not something that you really have to worry about. Black cats crossing your path means nothing. It means a black cat crossed your path. We have this thing where we like to put black and evil next to each other. I think that's fucked up, but that's reality, and that's all that is in this situation. Why a white cat crossing your path doesn't bother you. But a black cat brings doom. So they can go fuck themselves with that. And, you know, just to be an asshole, the rabbit's foot didn't bring that rabbit any particular luck. It's not going to bring you any particular luck. I've had itchy palms several times for whatever reason. Maybe I didn't lotion up well. Maybe I was doing something that caused me to get itchy palms. Maybe it was sweaty and I was golfing. I took the glove off. But itchy palms are not going to give you any particular... Don't think just because you have itchy palms that you should go to the ATM, take out $100, and now go bunch, buy a bunch of scratch-offs. Or if you're in Vegas, you got itchy palms that you should keep gambling until your palms stop itching. Maybe you just need some fucking lotion, some of that... Um, you know, that hand sanitizer. Go wash your hands. Go to the bathroom. Wash your hands. Itchy palms are not going to do anything for you, okay? We have all broke a mirror at some point in time. Maybe not a big one, a little one. I don't know. One of those little pocket mirrors. Seven years of bad luck. Most people can't stomach seven years of bad luck. So I don't get caught up in that one either. It's just amazing that these superstitions revolve around luck. Doom and gloom and stupidity. Most of us don't really have a need to open an umbrella indoors. So I don't understand why you would even bother opening an umbrella indoors. Uh, I, I also don't see why you would put your hat on your bed. There's a lot of other places that you could put your hat in the house. Uh, me, I have hooks for hats. So I don't have to worry about throwing a hat on the bed. It's not that I don't. 
I consciously don't. I wouldn't do it, but I just think it's not a place that that you really want to put a hat. Suppose you uh forget the hat and you come and you lay down. Now you destroyed a good hat that you paid good money for, so you don't do that. And throwing salt, you spill salt. You're supposed to throw that over your shoulder. I don't know what that's supposed to do to tell you the truth. Why am I throwing salt over my own shoulder? First of all, I spill salt. You know what I do when I spill salt? I wipe the fucking salt up and I leave it alone. That's what I do. Somebody called in. Who we got here? Good afternoon, Bones. Hey, what's going on, man? I'm just going through right now some silly-ass superstitions since it's Friday the 13th, and I wanted to touch on them. Okay, now here's a superstition that I not only find personally to be one of the most disgusting things that human beings do, but it's a superstition almost everybody does. And that is called, and most people even know this is superstition, birthday candles on a cake. Birthday candles on a cake is the grossest shit that there is. I think that nobody should have candles. Okay, put it this way. You put a candle on a cake, one single candle on a cake. You take that fucking candle off. You do not light that candle, and you definitely do not let somebody blow any candles out. A cake, once it's blown on, is garbage. You take it from the table, and you throw it in the garbage. It is the nastiest fuck. We don't know what that person's got going on in their mouth. We don't know what germs they are. They're basically spitting on a cake and saying, everybody enjoy. Now, I don't know if you ever thought about it like that, Bones, but that is the reality of the situation. (laughs) That is what it is. You're taking a perfectly good cake, and now you're telling the person that you're celebrating, spit on it so we can eat it. Spit on it. Now let's all enjoy. Do you do that with your fucking spaghetti? Hey, babe, go to the pot. Spit in the sauce. And now pass it out to the family. Birthday cake candles should be banned. They should never be brought. You shouldn't even teach a five-year-old that it's acceptable. See, that's where the bad habit starts. You teach them as kids. They, and so that every year they, they're looking for these fucking candles. Wow, you're going to make me, after we get off the phone, Google that. How did that come into existence, blowing out a candle? Uh, Well, you know what? It's just a superstition. Here's another superstition, a big one. Okay, well, we know the wishbone. Everybody believes in the wishbone. You break the wishbone, right? Not seeing your bride on the wedding day. Bad luck. That's ridiculous. You seen her yesterday. You're going to see her. You're going to stand next to her. Ridiculous. But here's a here's a second. This is the number two most common uh, superstition we have in the world. At you, God bless you. Oh, got yeah. shit to do. Got nothing to do with anything. We don't tell. You know what's funny? We don't tell people God bless you. And I guess it's not a bad thing to say. You could say it all day. Any, but think about it. If you just went up to a friend and said, God bless you, they go, what are you talking about? They, they feel some kind of way. But they sneeze and you God bless them. Because people used to think that if you sneezed and you held your breath, you died. Right. 
man is weird. It's just like if a cat sleeps with you, they suck the air out of you. Cats are not yeah. hoovers. Cats are not hoovers. That's bullshit. Your little kitty cat is not so evil it's going to suck all the oxygen out of your body. But you know what? I, I, I know I'm ranting. You got candles? Anybody that's listened to me, you got birthday candles? Go directly to that cabinet, take those birthday candles, and throw them fuckers, not in the garbage can in the house. Take your lazy ass outside and throw it in the dumpster outside your home, the real garbage. You don't need that in the home. And people wonder why, you know, two days after the birthday, why is everybody in the fucking house got one cold? It's because the dude who blew out the candles was sick, and he got everybody else sick. What a disgusting ass habit! I hate that. I, I hate disgusting shit, man. I'm a, I'm a, I'm not that big a germaphobe, but that one really, really has always irked me. Always irked me. That's why I don't eat from people. I'm, I don't trust anybody when it comes to food, but my wife. I just don't. I'm a horrible house guest. And I'm an even worse back uh, picnic and barbecue guy. I'm not eating. Unless I see every facet of fixing the food, because it's bad enough that people take meat directly out of a pack from a grocery store and cook it. People don't even clean the meat. They don't even soak their meats. Shit that people don't even think about. Who said that Tyson cleaned that chicken for you properly? They didn't. You know? Yeah. Now, uh, Bill Cosby might have got, uh, I don't know if this is going to get him off, but he got a feather in his cap when this stupid-ass Janice Dickerson today or yesterday admitted that she lied about him. <laughs> yeah, her and a whole bunch of other people too. Well, you know what? I'm 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 not. I'm thinking that something's with him. No, no. I um, I believe that he did do that um thing with the Quelos. I believe that. Um. But I also, too, believe, like anything, people seeing a paycheck and they just line up at the door, you know, because I've heard – you just told me about Janice Dickerson. There was one where there was Whoopi Goldberg had uh, Beverly Johnson on The View, and Whoopi was just asking her simple questions. And, you know, Whoopi's not a lawyer, and she was just asking her simple questions, and then she was like, well, why would you do that? Why would you do this? You know what I mean? Like, you know he's married. Why would you go to his house? Why would you go to his bedroom? Why would you see him put something in your drink? Why would you drink it? <laughs> you know, and it was just like stuff that just wasn't, that's just two people that just wasn't adding up. This asinine doesn't make any damn sense. Um, yeah. I, you know, because he's, you know, he, left, he, he admitted in that deposition with the one woman. So if he did the one woman, which was about 12 years ago, so there's no reason to doubt that he, that was his thing back in the 70s. You know, or the course of his life, you know, let me lighten you up, you know, and that was the thing. The quaaludes. Uh, and, and that's some real vile shit. I, I, I find it reprehensible to do that. 
first of all, a non-responsive woman is is almost like saying you got some form of necrophilia. If there's no feedback from the person you having sex with, what's the purpose? That's a dead person. Yeah. You know, I I don't want to have sex with any woman that ain't sexing back. What the fuck? Yeah. I mean, it's that's called I rather that's called go wank off on your own. I mean, you know, yeah. so I mean, I I don't I don't need a, a unresponsive body. You know what? If if you go to bed with a chick and she's too drunk to tangle, you let her drunk ass sleep it off. But yeah, you know what? Yeah. I, I I just find it. I didn't know what they could do with Bill to begin with because other than financially hitting him, you give Bill Cosby any time in jail and it's in essence a death penalty. So I don't know if they want to put ex-America's favorite dad away for life because if you gave him two years, you're basically saying die. Yeah. You know, even if you put his ass in the most country club of prisons there is. Right, yeah. And and that, um, and also, you know, with, you know, like things that we can, uh, you know, like with the law, you want things that you can prove, you know, some physical evidence, not hearsay, or you want physical evidence, and there is none. So just on a legal aspect, you know, you should have never been brought up on charges, just legally, you know. Like, you know, you can't go by hearsay. And and then, and then it wasn't fair to, um, you know, they put these women, I think, on a copy of Time magazine or something. And journalism is supposed to be investigative journalism, not because I said it. It's true. It's not. You know, you have people who lie. Or they, or they're the hero in their own stories. Well, that's true, and you know what? I don't. I think that the odds that you're going to get twelve jurors to say guilty are now slim to none. And I think we'll actually see Bill with a little hop in his step as he gets out the car to the court, because yeah. there's a shadow of doubt, and there's there's a moral to the story. There's a moral to this story, and the moral to the story is don't fucking wait, ladies. Don't wait, young man. When you get violated, speak then. Don't yeah. wait a sec- Do not collect gold. I mean, do not, do not pass gold. Do not collect $200. Scream and holler today, especially in the day of DNA and... You know, if you got hairs where they're not supposed to be and they match the person that you say is the perpetrator, you can get justice. Right. And, and, and you know, to be, you know, fair and transparent to the accused, um, how do you, you know what I mean? Like in the court of public opinion, when someone is saying, that's almost like right about now, the way the language is, it's like someone saying you molested someone by someone just making an allegation of, you sexually groped me, or you did this to me, and then you can't prove you can't prove it. You know, Russell Simmons is going through the same thing. Someone said it happened in 1990, happened in 1991. You know, so you you got to resign from your company, and you're gonna fight a charge that you can't even prove. It's just to say, I did not do it. It was consensual. Yeah, but you know what? One thing I I got a, a major problem with 
like Russ and Weinstein, and I think it's been like two or three others, including like uh, the owner of the Carolina Panthers. Yes. If you accuse me of anything, I'm fighting you to my death. To my death. I'm not giving in. And these guys turned over too quick to me. They gave up too quick. They gave up basically. Russell gave up without a fight. Richardson won the Carolina Panthers. Gave up without a fight. Yeah. No fight whatsoever. No, take me to court. Don't. No, uh, I need to be deposed. Uh, okay, I'm gonna pay for a lie to take the test. Which we all are sitting there going, you know that looks so bogus. You paying for your own lie detector, <laughs> uh, your own technician, your own logic. Whoever, who's gonna fail that test? Right. Fight. And, uh, like, if you're protecting and, your name, fucking fight for your name. Yeah, and and those guys are just doing um, uh, making a business decision. Someone's in their ear of, you know, you step down, you do this or whatever, you go to without admitting any guilt, like, you just wanted to just go away. You know what? Some shit in life don't go away. Okay, put it this way. You got that kid who's on trial, and that kid is on trial in every fucking state in America right now. He did not do it. And they're telling him to cop a plea. In every state in America. I'm talking about this very, this right minute. There's a kid in every fucking court in America standing in front of a judge right now who's making yeah. a decision to either go to trial or take a plea. And this right. kid is going like this. My name means something. My reputation means something. I'm betting on me. I did not do this shit, and the truth will come out. And he's fighting for his life, and he doesn't have the resources that these men have to fight. And you know what? You hope he wins if he's right, but he's going to fight. And, and you know what? He could actually do his time if he's unjustly convicted because he says in his heart of heart, between him and his maker, him and his creator, he knows he didn't do this. And sometimes you got to go out swinging like that. You have to. If, you're, if Bones' name means that much to Bones, the one thing he's not going to let anybody take from him is his name. That's all you got. Yes, yes. Because I always. I don't give a fuck how it is perceived. Yeah, yeah. You got to have your, um, you know, your standards and your, you know, your value system. Because I always said that when Michael Jackson was accused of the molestation and that the parents, when the parents were signing non-disclosures and um, they was just paying them off, paying them off, there's no way I would accept a settlement if you violated my child. If I can't kill your ass, I'm not, I'm not going to sign a settlement saying, okay, I'm going to take the money and we're going to shut up. Nah, we're not going to shut up. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's 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 the whole thing. You your name means something. I think about this all the time. It's not like I've done anything great in this world, but I haven't done anything dastardly in this world either. But I fight for my name. There are certain things that I will never let anybody attach to my name. 
There are certain things that I want people, if you ever hear certain things about me, to automatically know. And I'm talking to anybody who can hear me, and I'm also talking to you, Bones. You know, that fucking doc, man. You know, I used to loan him money. He never paid me back. I'm not associated with that. You know, the doc, he's a fucking thief. I'm not associated with that. That doc, he's a trickster. He, 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 he talks behind your back. He's a snake. I'm not a social. I'm my whole entire life. I built a reputation that took 50 years to build, and I wouldn't let anybody bring that down. There's nobody on the planet that I would allow to bring that down. I wouldn't give a fuck if it was Trump and the federal government or whoever it was because there's certain things that I'm not associated with. Have I seen them? Yes. Have I done them? No. I have never sold anybody's uh, child any drugs. I would never be associated with that. I'll never put a pistol in anybody's face and say, give me the shit that you work for. I'm not associated with that. And so you couldn't put, you couldn't finger me. If somebody was like, oh, yeah, man, I remember back in 76, me and him did a robbery, you'd be, you'd be like, I want people that know me to go, that don't even sound like him. Not that that, that matters, but it, it's just so important. You know, like, okay, let, let's, let's go to this guy. He's been in the news for his visitors massively. And I, I'm, I'm interested in hearing somebody else's opinion on this whole Meek Mill thing. Free Meek Mill. You there? Yep, here. Now, I don't know if you want me to start it. You can start. It doesn't make a difference. Well, uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm kind of vaguely familiar with his case. I just heard that he was on probation, and he got violated um, for probation, and that he has the same judge, and he gave him like a 10-year <laughs> probation, which is excessive. Um you know, normally when people get probation, they don't really, you know, they work with them, not like parole. Like parole, it violates you for parole. You'll have to go finish your um your time old because probation is really like a, it's, it's like really a extension of jail, you know, because my personal opinion is that if for parole and probation, maybe with the exception of you, if you was a, um, a pedophile or and, um, you know, a propensity to violence, but I think they should should do away with it because it's just you did your time. If someone said you got five years in jail, you did your five years. Your five years is up. You know, I don't think you should have to be beholden to probation or parole. So your time, your time is over. Okay, well I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with the meat meal thing because I think people are confused about the meat free meat meal. It's really not even about Meek Mill. Meek Mill, very much like Colin Kaepernick, is the figurehead of a movement. Now, would some of the celebrities move back from the movement of Meek Mill if he wasn't a celebrity? I'm sure. I don't think Bob Kraft is going to see uh, Saquon from fucking Vanderville Projects at Rackers Island. Matter of fact, I know Robert Kraft's not going to see him. But Meek Mill has one thing that's going against him. 
And there's one thing that I really don't like, Bones, and I, I never respect it from anybody. If you fuck up in this life, take your punishment like a man. No crying. And unfortunately, in this country, these rules are on the books. He knows the rules are on the books. They might not be just. There are a lot of unjust laws on the books. But you have to abide by the laws of the land. And if you know that you can be violated for something as stupid as smoking weed, you know what you do? You don't fucking smoke weed. It's kind of simple. It's a choice you make. We all grew up with Beretta. And Beretta told everybody, I mean, damn, and nobody listened. The people didn't listen. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. It's like, it's like if my wife tells me, if you cheat one time and I catch you, you're out of here. And then I get busted cheating and I say, baby, give me another chance. I mean, come on. She, she told you flat out, don't do it. Matter of fact, that was a part of the song, too. Don't do it. So, you, you know, you got a choice. You either do right or you do wrong. Because you know what I find out amazing? People that bitch about, you know, I can't do three years on probation. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how did I survive 30-plus years of never even getting a traffic ticket. Think about it. I've had, no, I've had contact with cops where they've stopped me in a car but not give me a ticket. I think they stopped me because they wanted to bust my chops. But I have done nothing illegal where I had to have any contact with the law in over 30 years. So if I can do it, and I don't think I'm special. I think everybody can do it. I mean, I might be putting a lot of pressure on some other people, but I never got I never I never got stopped in the street for having drugs. And if I was on probation, trust me, there'd be no drugs around me. Now we know that people violate all the time. Felons are not supposed to be with felons. But you go to the block and three of the guys on the block are felons. And I understand that that's a tough one. That is a rough one right there, especially in the industry he's in. You know, you're not supposed to associate with other felons, known felons, and not supposed to associate. That 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 one is that one is almost set up to make the cynicism. That's that's almost set up to make sure guys go back to jail, because what are you supposed to do now? Just hang out in churches, and inside the church they are felons. They just turned their life around. So it's a, that, that, that's a rough one. But here's the thing. You don't fight the violation. You got to get people to fight changing these dumb-ass laws. First of all, I, I don't have any issue whatsoever with marijuana. None. I don't smoke. But I have no issues with it. I think the shit should be legal everywhere. I think, I think our government should be able to prosper off of weed, because yep. I don't think we—I don't think weed leads to shit. As a matter of fact, I think some of the laziest motherfuckers that don't do nothing but want to laugh and have a good time are potheads. They're not known as violent people. You know, we don't lead to crack. We don't lead to heroin. That's a lie. Right. You know, no more than no more than that guy who drinks a glass of wine is going to become an opiate. You know, opium. Head. So I have no problem with a guy 
saying, you know what, I worked hard all day. I would like to smoke a joint. Or a young lady saying, and online, I don't care. That's your thing, do it. Yeah, I can't do it, but you can do it. I'm fine. I'm fine with you. And I don't think you should be getting in any trouble for that, even if you're a fucking felon. I think a felon should be able to light a joint just as much or even more than the average person because they might have other pressures on their mind, and this shit helps relieve their stress. Now, do I want you operate my bus? Uh, if I'm on a bus and you all hide up on a blunt, no, I don't. I admit that. I think there has to be rules. But then again, we don't let the bus driver uh, have uh, two drinks in a bar either, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, that's another stupid, like I said, we have stupid, we have these stupid laws. But I don't like, and, and you know what, uh, Bones, I, know, I never like to bring shit back to race, but everything in this country, at one way or another, comes back to race. I don't want old, rich, billionaire NBA owners like the 76 owners and Robert Kraft taking the message away like Trump did from Colin Kaepernick by hijacking this thing and making it about them visiting and the mayor visiting when the real issue is about these stupid-ass laws that make people violate parole and probation. That's That's where the focus should be. Changing the laws that are so, think about it. Why should a guy say you, okay, I understand you got busted for a gun and you get busted for some drugs back in, say, 2007, right? Why should a traffic, why should a traffic violation, say a simple speeding or running a red light get you sent to prison? You shouldn't go to prison for running a red light or fucking uh, a simple five miles over the speed limit. We're not talking about paying a fine. We're talking going to prison. I don't think you belong in prison. For those, those are not. Those should not be crimes where you have to serve prison time. Right. Especially when, okay. Here's something you can relate to. Okay, Oklahoma just settled their uh, teacher strike, which makes no sense that these kids were out of school for damn near. They were out of school for 12 days, man. Kids are suffering, not getting their proper education. We don't give a fuck about kids. We will put more money into prisons than we will pay teachers to keep kids out of prison by maybe sending them to colleges. That, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, even their salaries. Uh, one woman, poor woman, master's degree. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, and, and, and not just that, Bones. Our answer to school shootings now is here, here, go to school in a clear backpack. We're not going to, we're going to make no kind of, we're not going to fund law enforcement to be at every school. Here's a clear backpack. Go buy some clear backpacks. That'll solve all the shootings. I mean, we, this is a country that has never, it's funny, it's sad, and it's sickening, has never cared about children. We have laws and offices. These uh, departments of health services are set up and funded, and then people are put in these offices who are overtaxed, don't visit, 
all they care about is that the checks go out. Uh, you know, maybe every, whenever the fuck, once a year, they do a home visit. And, you know, did anybody feed you this year? Oh, yeah, you look like you might have got your shots. Good enough. Good, but we sign the papers, move on. This is just not a country that is really, we pretend to love our children. If we loved our children, we would serve pedophiles up. I mean, they would get massive amount of time in this country, and they don't. Right. We have a revolving door for pedophiles. Revolving door. Yeah. Them, yeah. Them bastards, them bastards could be three times, three strikes, and for some reason it seems like they don't get the uh, three-strike uh, life sentence. Nope. Because my wife was just telling me, it's really sad. You know, I was, I'm, I'm looking at that thing that you posted on Facebook about that, that poor family with the lesbians and those kids driving off the cliff. And, yeah. and it still disturbs me today because a woman said that she reached out to the Department of, of, of Children's Services in Oregon and said, somebody go over there and look at them fucking kids. And she said she did it three days before they all died. And nobody went. And, and come to find out that they, they were... They were uh, not feeding these kids when they didn't want to feed these kids. And then there's rumors today coming out that saying that the two women who took these black children in were stone-cold racist. Yeah, and this is the second occurrence where this, that's happened with kids being um, murdered that were adopted by white families and murdered. Yeah, or, man, people or, just... Yeah, or, or beaten badly. See, there's two people who are useless in this society. Children, because the children don't actually provide income to anything. If you really think about it, they don't work, they don't pay taxes, they're dependents. The other one is the aged. That's that retired 70, 80-year-old. They're no longer basically really a member of society on the whole. They're useless. You could put them in homes, send them away, we want them out of the way. Kids get out of the way. Old people, this is, well, I understand it's a young man and young woman's world. But as you get closer to that other age, you see it a little different. Right. Because that means now I have older people in my life. When you look at it, you go, damn. You know, what do we do with them? I mean, would we have to take them in? Or do we have to place them? So it's, it's, it's you know, it's that, it's that kind of situation, you know. But I, I wish that we could do a better job of, one, funding programs that protect children, two, paying these damn teachers. We want them to be the smartest, the brightest. I mean, how are they going to have a bright future if we – I mean, somebody said – I don't know if you watch, uh, what is this show called, The View or something? They got this guy, Blake, uh, well, some fucking country singer, right? What? Oh, no. Wife just gave me breaking news. Des Bryant has been cut from the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> oh, gosh. Because I'm looking at it, I'm just dead as cut. I said, oh, what the hell is that? 
I thought she was trying to be funny, like saying these nuts or something. But uh, <laughs> we do have to. We have to fund. We have to fund these programs, man. We have to fund them. We, you know what? I guess you you could tell any country that just had mass orphanages at one point in time and didn't know what to do with children. We've never learned. We we, we put this woman devolves in position. And she doesn't give a rat's ass because she's always been the 1%. She doesn't even know what public schools are about, you know. Yeah, now, let me um, ask an you... amazing story there. How, you know, her story, divorce? Yes. You know, it's wow, a... talk about power, privilege. Yes, and we're talking about a person who looks at, she looks at the 99 as... Down the bottom of her nose. Yeah, she doesn't give a rat's ass about. Uh, she she wants to cut lunch after school pro. I mean, you know, you got, most most Americans are working class people. You know, I, I I see it happens to you a lot living where you live, right? Down here, we get a bad rain or even a threat of snow. There's three hour delays. Yes. I'd be like, what up? What are two work? Because I don't know how you deal with this. How does two working parents? What do they do when there's a three hour delay? What do they now take off the three hours to be home because you might only have an eight year old and you can't leave him home alone, or do you have a friend who needs to now take the response? Y'all take turns. I mean, because it happens down here a lot. Yeah, you're scrambling. Exactly. Now, imagine what does a single mother who really can't be late need to do to make that work in her life? Or a single father? I mean, that's a rough one. Yeah, yeah, it is. You have to um, have good friends, you know, like a community, you know. um, And when I first came up here to Bath about that three-hour delay, Sometimes a two-hour delay went to a three-hour delay to a cancellation. Hmm. Yeah, really see, living, living in the big city wasn't that big a deal because you knew if school was going to be – that's not like, you know, that's not a Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island thing, this two, three-hour delays. Shit's either open or basically closed. We'll be right. open an hour late. Three hours takes you from 8 o'clock to basically lunchtime. That changes yeah. the whole dynamic of a day, you know? Now, they came up with something, man, and I think that this might be a great idea. It's, they call it a temporary tattoo, but it's really not a tattoo. It's a biosensor patch that you wear on, like, your forearm, mm-hmm. and it monitors your alcohol levels. You attach, like, I guess it goes from Wi-Fi from this thing to your phone. It measures your sweat glands. And as it measures your sweat glands, you say that you're at a bar, and it'll tell you, you know what, you're getting too drunk to drive. I'm not saying that people will listen to it, but I just love to hear technology like that. Now, what I'm more hyped out is I think you use that technology for people who are diabetic, Say a person doesn't have to stick themselves. This little monitor could read their blood glucose all day, so they know if they're if they're falling 
or they're rising too high, if they need insulin or whatever, or they might need a candy bar, whatever. I think that's I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't definitely. I don't know the name of the company, but I uh, I think that's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, I mean, I you know what? I wish I would have had a patch on a couple of nights to let me know I was going to be drunk. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a nice and hey doc, you drink one more drink, buddy, and your blood alcohol is going to be uh, one point two. And I say, okay, one point two means I'm smashed. Maybe I don't. Maybe I don't drink this drink. So I think that's kind of a, a, a cool thing. Let me ask you a question, man. Are you an adventurous eater? Um. Yeah, I would try something diff- definitely different or exotic. Okay. Well, down in Durham, they have a place called Bull City Burgers, and they are making a burglar. A, a burglar, a burger with a fried tarantula on top. Would you eat that? Mm. <laughs> Probably not. Okay. I, um, I've tried some different meats in my life. I've tried uh, boar, which I'm not a fan of. I love deer. Deer I like. And to some people, that's not even exotic, but to me it's exotic. Mm-hmm. I, I I didn't like boar. I tried rabbit. I didn't really like rabbit. But uh, I ate gator. I've eaten rattlesnake. But I cut my cutoff is all bugs. There's nothing that you could bug me and say, I don't give a damn how fancy, dancy, and I've been to fancy restaurants. You cannot give me bugs of any sort. I don't give a damn if it's dipped in chocolate. I don't want it. Not a bug. No worms, no bugs. You know, so no grasshoppers. And I, I'm a sushi eater. I'm a, I almost eat anything that comes out of the sea, meaning clams, oysters, lobster. All of that is eligible for me, other than snails. To me, a snail is a bug. I'm not eating a bug. I won't eat a pigeon. I'll kill you. You try to feed me a pigeon. The worst part of me comes out when you try to feed me a pigeon. That's happened. I have an old show on that. I have a five-minute clip about me. Matter of fact, I think I got a. I got banned. My one and only YouTube. What are you doing? You cooking? No, I was getting something out of this uh, jar. It sounds like you need to buy another one, whatever that is, because it's on its last <laughs> leg. That is the you're using a spoon, and it's only about a drop left of it. Uh, but uh, I did a, uh, I actually did a show about it. It's the only time I ever got banned by YouTube from a video, talking about a time a guy that I knew literally fed me pigeon, and uh, oh, wow. the things that happened. And it was ugly. And that was the last time, and I would say that was 1980, no, 1991, the last time that I ever ate from another person. That's a long time, huh? I've never ate at another. I've never ate at a picnic. I never ate at a barbecue. 
I do not eat anything open air at these, and we have them because I'm I'm in the uh, suburbs. Uh, we have those, uh, you know, those snack things out. Okay, Walmart, that's bad for me. Yeah, and I, I won't I won't do it. I just can't. I can't. I can't. There's nothing. There's no amount of hunger. Thank God that I ever faced that would allow me to have to do that. I cannot do that. I will not do it. I just can't eat at anybody's house, so it's not, I'm not eligible. That's why I, I can't stay at people's houses. You know, it's rough for me, but one thing that's good is my wife understands. So when we go to see family. We worked it out where we stay at hotels without insulting anybody. Back in the day, you used to right. have to think about it. I'm, I'm staying at your mother's house, but I'm so uncomfortable, I can't even use the bathroom. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm there for four days and I can't use the toilet, so I come home sick. It's not worth the sacrifice. Please, baby. You you know what? I'm not ashamed. I'll sit down with the family and tell them. Listen, why are you not staying with us? It's insulting. Because I can't shit. What about that? Y'all, can you all understand that in plain English? And then they'll go, oh, my God, no, we understand that. Would you stay at my house for four days if you couldn't shit? No, you wouldn't. So you know what? I'll visit you every day, but I'm staying at the hotel around the corner. How about that? I, I, my, mother, my mother and father always told me, well, you know, we know a closed mouth don't get fed, right? So you don't try to make people guess what you're going through. You get a point in life, you just say it straight out. Say it plain. No, I can't do this. Why am I suffering to make somebody else feel better? Because they feel better, my suffering should make them feel worse. You know? Fair point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I know a lot of people, they cannot relate to things like this because they don't go through it. You know, I, I know some people who could eat anything, stay anywhere, sleep anywhere, use the bathroom at any place. I'm like a cat, man. I'm like that little cat that's always looking for a private spot. I'm looking for a private place to eat. I'm looking. I don't want to be bothered. And I don't want to bother you with my shit either. So I, I like to keep it simple, real simple. Now, yesterday I seen something that was very interesting. Stephen A. came down on Michael Bennett, and Michael Bennett blasted back at, I mean, Marcellus Bennett blasted back at Stephen A. And mm-hmm. I, I'm always, I always find it very comical when people come back at Stephen A. because then he either has one or two choices. He either doesn't mention them at all, or he tries to justify what he originally said. Mm-hmm. He's always looking for a do-over. And that's not cool. A do-over is not cool. When you, when you bring somebody else's name into your mouth, you get one time to get it right. That's the one time in life you don't get to really do it over. Yeah, you said it. Stand behind what you said. Yeah, it's like uh, they, they came up with a big point today, and it really got me. I was pissed off, and I was saying I'm finally glad they got to the point. And it went to Colin Kaepernick and his protest and how the league – doesn't want him to protest on their time. And you know what? I kind of stand with the league on that because you can't do it at your job. 
And I think, why did it take two days for him to tell? Okay, that that your phone be killing me sometimes. Uh, why did it take two days for him to tell Max? Max, we work for the Disney Corporation. We're not allowed to do and say whatever we want. So why are you saying that somebody else at their job have the right to do and say whatever they want? You don't. Corporate America, you don't have the right to not, you don't have the platform at work to just do what you want to do. You know, a cop can't go to work. You know, a cop can be a cop, but he can't just hang a LBGT flag on his fucking cop car. While he's driving. I think what the you NFL know, did was they um they let, they didn't have a rule for it. They didn't have a rule for the anthem. Like you, it was almost kind of like optional. Whatever you're gonna do, you know, they didn't have a rule like you have to stand for the anthem. And then, so there's the loophole. And if they change it, it's like a collective bargaining thing. You see, I now I understand that, but we. That also leaves open the right to say, we don't have to deal with you. Yeah, that's, that's all true. I'm getting at. You know yeah. what? Are you going, and, and, and I talked about Colin earlier. Colin's silence is foolish. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, been yeah. over a year. It's, actually, his silence is making a lot of noise. It says two things. Either I have nothing intelligent to say, or I like fucking with y'all. Y'all keep guessing what I'm thinking. And that's not cool. Why should we have to guess what a girl... You know who we guess? The infant. And I said that earlier. We guess when that infant is crying. Do I need a pacifier? Do I need to be held? Did I shit my diaper? Or do I, you know, need to be fed? We don't do that with grown-ups. Grown-ups say what they mean. You know what? An afro and a fist in the air doesn't say anything, but you got an afro and a fist in the air. Say something. The, the public has been waiting for. Right when this season started, well, you know, you know, the media we can't believe nothing that's reported, and so unfortunately, a lot of things because he said at the start of last season that he was not going to protest. He said that. That was came out of his mouth. You know, so. What happened with the Seattle, I don't know. But he has said that before the start of the season, that he wasn't going to protest. He made his point or whatever, and that was that. Oh, now here's an amazing one. Sean Smith. Sean, damn, Sean Simpson's this guy's name. A Parkland teacher. You know, that's the school where 17 kids get killed. Yes. He volunteered. I guess he's going to, I am the going to be the man. I'm the dude. He decides to volunteer to carry a gun in school, and he leaves his loaded weapon in the shitter. Leaves the loaded, and you know the gun got fired? No. Someone fired the gun in the bathroom. Hmm. I have never, I have heard of a lot of stupid things in my life. But I really have never heard of a person getting separated from their weapon. Yeah. How do you get separated? First of all, you got a gun. This is, you're not. If you're carrying legal, 
nine out of, I'm going to say ten out of ten times, if you're carrying legal, you carry the holster. He purposely took off a holster and put it down in a bathroom. She got this nine. And loaded a nine millimeter. Now, I can, a dude who carries illegal, he might just put it in the waistband. That's different. He uses his body as his holster. But when you carry legal, you carry a holster. I don't give a damn if it's on your hip, inside. If you're a cowboy, you got one of the outside ones. But if you're going to be Billy Badass and say, I'm taking up the banner, when all teachers say, we don't want to be that guy, you decide you want to be that guy, and then you go out there and leave. Uh, could you imagine if a kid killed himself with this weapon? Crazy. So you know what? Don't always volunteer. You know, the uh, United States Navy taught me if they didn't teach me anything, never again volunteer yourself. Unless you're ready to do what you're supposed to do. Never again volunteer yourself. Mr. Simpson, you are an idiot. I can say that without any problems because I can't imagine being separated from my gun. I can't imagine what, what, I go to McDonald's and lay it down next to me? What's the purpose? Do you get a better holster, man? One that's more comfortable. There's a lot of places on your body you can carry from your fucking ankles on up. You know, you don't have... And that's why when they was talking about the guns in the school, I, I mean, for me, teachers shouldn't have guns. I think they should just hire security. Yeah, I don't think it's a teacher's responsibility. Yeah. But trust me, this guy, Simpson, is probably just a licensed, concealed carry guy. And he said, hey, he felt good about himself. You mean to tell me they're going to allow me to take my concealed carry to the school? He's probably one of those dudes everywhere he goes, even when he just goes to pick up the mail. We have those guys. You know, I got guns, but to take my garbage out, I'm not going to take a gun to take my garbage. I'm not that fucking paranoid. You know, I can yeah. go get my garbage. There's right. certain things that I can do without it. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's certain things you can do without it. But he seemed like one of those type that even when he went to the mailbox, he liked to have it on his, you know, and, and, and have a shirt where you could see. Because there's, you know, there's two different kind of carriers. There's carriers that don't, nobody in the world knows they carry it. And then there's carriers that want it to be obvious to the world I got. And I know, and I know both types. You know, ill-fitting holster. You got a 357, and and, and and you got a fucking holster for a 380. You want people to know you got a gun on you. You know, or you wear skin-tight pants, and you wear an ankle holster. And, and, and every time your leg pops up, you can see the whole print. So they're, they're, they're two different kind of people, you know. Especially, especially with some of the holsters that they make today that are like, those insides, I mean, they're beautiful things. You pay more money for them, but shit, man, I mean, this, I just can't believe the irresponsibility. And that's one of the biggest responsibilities that you ever have in this life. You are grown, you're an, a grown, you're an adult. 
you have a weapon that is fully loaded. This asshole probably even keeps one in the chamber. And you are around right, right. children. You're around children. If you have a firearm, your responsibility goes up to the next level. See, like, put it this way. My responsibility is a little less lax than the average person because there are no minors in my area. None. There are no minors in my home. There are no minors coming to my home. I have no minors in here, so I don't have to worry. There's some that I keep out in the open, like in the open. And they stay there every day because I like it there. But I put it away when people come over. But that's just me being responsible. But I, I understand that if there was minors, then maybe a lockbox, I don't know, you know, whatever whatever the training says you should do to make sure, you know, if, if, if the ammo should go one place and the physical weapon should go another place, you have to do that. But to go to a school, man, and take, you know what? If you got a shit, man, make sure you get a hoster that you can sh- They make those, too. I actually worked at a law firm that created uh, one of the people that got a patent from us. One of the patents that they had was a uh, gun belt so that a person could go to the bathroom and not have to take their, their gun belt off. Just spend the money and get a high uh, class one. Don't 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 look for your fucking holster in Walmart. I mean, you should want better for yourself than a Walmart holster. That's pretty fucking cheap. Get leave go to Dick's. Yeah, I'm just amazed at that because uh, there was a guy on my job. The same thing. He left the whole everything. The holster, not even just the not the, the belt. It's a belt because <laughs> it's on the belt, and he left out of there. And then you know. Crazy, a civilian found it, right? He took the gun. He took the gun. And then another guy noted he was the housekeeper and came to him and he just said, listen, give it to me. He just asked him just like that, give it to me. And he gave it to him. He I had, can't even. That, that guy was taking it. He was taking it out the building. And he just said, yo, just give me that. And that was okay. I, well, you know what? You can almost kind of understand the other person is not even looking. That's like that's like almost a lottery ticket, especially if you get it from a certain person. You say this shit is clean. This is a clean weapon. I know it's okay. This person's in law enforcement. They're not walking out with a dirty gun. So this is a clean weapon that's never done anything to anybody. I don't have to one pay for it. Two, I don't have to register. It is already fully loaded. I, I, this is a great starter kit. Thank you. I hit a lottery today. But, yeah, I mean, damn, you don't. And that's why, I guess that's why when people burglarize homes, one of the first things that they always look for are guns. Because they figure homeowner, pretty much clean weaponry. And not traceable back to me. You know? So they go, damn, man, this is this is beautiful. Shit, some guys will go like this. I'd rather find two guns than some shitty rings. 
because the guns got street value. They they always going to have some value, even if you're going to use it to do further crimes. You know, right. So it's been, you know, it's just it's just weird like that. Very weird like that. Uh, before I get out of here, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but I'll tell you it's well worth seeing. The Andre the Giant HBO special, Money. Even if you're not a true wrestling fan, just finding out about certain things about Andre the Giant, it was just interesting. I mean, it's a man who was too big for our world, entirely too big for our world. And, yeah. you know, I, I, by the end of it, I felt so bad for Andre. Yes, yes. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm definitely going to see it because I remember as a kid, man, in WWE, WWF heyday, Andre the Giant, when he came out, that was a treat. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a... Uh, it's, it's it's a documentary world worth seeing. Now, I'm hoping I got my fingers and I'm just crossing my big toe and that toe next to it that The Walking Dead shines Sunday night. I'm hoping that this season is not a total waste and they knock our socks off Sunday night. Please. I am yes. begging you, Walking Dead, knock off. I mean, don't wait to the last 10 minutes of the show and then punch us. I mean, when we come out of the gate, no fucking call letters, you're dead, fuck you call. Uh, I mean, the first two minutes, I want somebody made a shot in the head. Bow, let's go. Yeah. You know, I don't... I think, I think they owe us. I think oh, they owe us collectively. Did you like the Simon Negan fight? No. First of all, Simon could have shot him in the fucking head while he was sitting there the whole time, and that's what I would have did. I told all you yeah. bastards he was dead, bam, and now I'm proving it. And you know what? That would have been really Negan of him. Mm-hmm. And and, and we, we talked about this the other day, the Eugene thing. You know, I'm tired. Eugene is a coward. And now all of a sudden, Eugene comes back like he's General George Patton. You're going to get the supplies in and more than they need, and you're going to do it on the Jimmy John. And he and then, you know, but I'm tired of him speaking this language that's supposed to be English that nobody understands. It's not even country. It's some shit he made up that we got to sit there and go, you know, sometimes right. I find myself rewinding just to say, what is he getting at? I mean, didn't let me ask you a question. You watched the show. Didn't Eugene admit a couple of years ago to Abraham that he is basically a total fraud, that he took a couple of classes here and there, but he knows nothing? He just knows how he can remember things? Yes. So he's now it's like our good doctor, Eugene, professor. No, he's not a doctor, nor is he a professor. He's nothing. He's a dude who read a couple of books. Now the fucking guy's making drones. I mean, damn, drones don't even exist. And he's making drones in one episode. Now he's creating bullets. I don't even know where they get all the lead for the bullets from. You know, there's holes to the show. Now I advise you, man, to make sure 
you watch two episodes of this Atlanta. But the last episode that came on last night was pure D garbage. So I say Teddy Perkins, once again, and the Barbershop episode. If the Barbershop episode does not make you laugh out loud, I mean literally laugh out loud, don't watch the show. Just don't even watch it no more. Because to me, it was one of the best episodes on television of any television this year. Well, no, because, I, I mean, I, like I told you, I watched half of, more than half of season one. So uh-huh. I like. See, but here's the thing Atlanta is such a funny show. Donald Glover, the guy who wrote it, Childish Gambino, he's been getting a lot of awards lately. And he's like one of those um, buffy black guys. Mm-hmm. So he, he things go to his head. And sometimes he writes episodes as though he's in some kind of uh, avant-garde film studio. And this last episode. So you know what? It's not easy to make it through season one. But I'm saying even if you build on the show, the two episodes, the two best episodes in the whole series is Teddy Perkins and the barbershop. Everything else is you could do without. Because storylines that they start, they don't finish. Think about it. Last year, these guys got arrested. They never go back to that. I hate to drop that bomb on you. They never mention it again. Never. And, And I think that was the first episode. There was a shooting, an arrest. Nobody ever goes on probation. Nobody ever goes to trial. Nobody shows up at court. It just, it's over. It died right then and there. Never to be mentioned. He has a child with this woman. All of a sudden, you always see him, the woman. They don't even mention the child anymore. You don't even know that the child exists anymore. And we're only in season two and the child has disappeared. So they're not episodic. It's not like what happened the episode before matters in this episode. So he seems to just write each one as like they're free-flowing. But the two best ones, and I can't even say it any more than that, every black man in America can relate to the barbershop episode. And Teddy Perkins is just, put it this way, Online, they write, they're saying that Teddy Perkins is three times better than Get Out, and it was only 40 minutes. And it was better than Get Out. He actually wrote a comedy horror film for a comedy television show that was better than the best horror film last year. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing to do that. He pulled that off, so I tip my hat to him. Because if this shit was in the movie, instead of Get Out, this would have been nominated for an Oscar. That's how good it is. Because I'm still not impressed with Get Out. You know? I think Get Out was only all right. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, you know, I didn't think it was a comedy. And, um, you know, when people were saying, oh, the messages are sending in it, I didn't see all of that. I just thought it was just a movie. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, 
We love the conspiracy, and it fed into conspiracy that little black boys and little black girls are being used for body parts and have been always used for body parts in some place on the earth. And when we disappear, we don't just disappear. They're either feeding dogs with us or they transplant us into other people. So it, Jason, Jordan Peele tapped into something that was beautiful. Even though it still was ridiculous that a white person could control a black mind so much that they could send you to a sunken place. So they still had that power over us. You know? Yeah. And not only yeah. did they have that power over us, they always had the white poon power over us. A black man cannot defend himself from the allure of a white woman. That's the one thing on, that's our kryptonite. We can't handle the white ass. It drives us crazy. You're still Mandingo underneath it all. Right, and guys right. prove it every day. They'll pass yeah. over seven hot sisters for a fat white girl. They do it all the time. You'd be like, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not gay. You'd be like, that's a decent looking black man. What the fuck is he doing with that 265 pound beast? Oh, she's blonde head and she's white. Oh, that, that's that's my answer right there. I'm sure he can get a couple of sisters. Oh yeah, you know? But oh, or as I had my buddy before he decided to become back a ward of the state, as he used to always post on his Facebook, I love me my snow bunnies, and I'd be like, well, goddamn, they all bears. I don't know what fucking kind of bunny you ever deal with that's about damn near 300 pounds. I call that a bear. And I remember when you used to like sisters. Oh, no. Isn't she beautiful? Huh. Don't fucking ask me if a 275-pound woman is beautiful because I can't tell you the truth. I want to tell you the truth. No, she's not. I mean, she'd be beautiful if I just came out of a cave for 52 years. Well, Bones, I'm going to get out of here, brother, unless you got something else to say. No, sir. Um, enjoy your weekend. Yes, you too. You too. Oh, uh, but this is Strange Talk with Doc, and you can reach me here at 724-444-7444. Call ID is 145-048. Uh, that's Monday and Friday, 12 noon, Eastern Standard Time. I'm always here, Monday, Friday, 12 noon, Eastern Standard Time. You can reach me on YouTube, Facebook, uh, iTunes, Vimo, SoundCloud, Podcast.com. You can ask a question, have a suggestion, something you want to correct me on. You can comment, like, share. Uh, Bones, brother, you be easy. And I'm just going to say, like I say each and every time, no matter what's going on in this wacky-ass world of ours, peace. Yep, yep, yep. Let me out, please. You there? Hello?
Are you a funny person? Because I swore that said these nuts. I said, why is she coming in and telling me these nuts? I said, what the fuck is she talking about, these nuts?